This is the podcast for busy professionals just like you who want less stress and more success. I'm your host, Therese Reichenberg, and I'll be sharing a unique blend of productivity, mindset, and innovation strategies to help you get results faster, but with a lot more fun. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to Less Stress and More Success. This is episode 12. I have been away for a little bit. I've been on a summer holiday with my family. Uh, We went driving around uh, France, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing, and I'll probably speak about it in an upcoming podcast episode, some of the insights that I had about Um, my bucket list and about experiencing new things, things that weren't even on my bucket list. But that's a topic for another podcast episode. So keep listening. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be chatting about procrastination. And before I start to procrastinate and diverge and talk to you about a whole other topic altogether, let me talk about this one, (laughs) about procrastination, why we do it and how to reduce it. This is what this episode is all about. And I know that you're probably working towards your quarterly or your biannual or your annual goals or your KPIs or your OKRs, whatever it is that you're working towards right now at work and even at home, whatever your goal is, I bet you have experienced some form of procrastination with that specific goal. The stats show that around 88% of people say that they procrastinate for at least one hour every day with something and apparently more people struggle with procrastination than suffer from things like alcoholism and substance abuse and depression and i say struggle with procrastination because it is a struggle when we're struggling through that thing that we don't want to do or that thing that we do want to do but we just can't do it it's a struggle and we experience some real anxiety and frustration when we can't do the thing that we really, really want to do. In the workplace, also, 80% of employees say that they procrastinate between one and four hours on any given workday. One and four hours out of eight hours of a workday. And if you were to look at the cost of this, if an employee in your business is procrastinating just one hour per day, this is probably going to cost companies around 5,000 to 20,000 pounds per worker per year. That's a lot of money for procrastination, paying people to procrastinate. Now, if you're looking to procrastinate less for yourself or for your team, it's really important to first look at why this is happening. This isn't a laziness thing. This isn't a self-control thing. This is a real issue that a lot of people experience. And it's no good saying, okay, I'm just not going to procrastinate or trying to get yourself to just stop procrastinating. It doesn't help. I'm guessing you've tried that already. And I'm also guessing that you sometimes don't even realize that you're procrastinating until it's too late, until the deadline is passed or you're working late into the night, cramming to finish the report. You may have also found yourself delaying a specific task because you've told yourself that you're not in the mood or the right frame of mind to do it, and then you're going to get to it later on, and then you delay that task and delay the task until the last minute. We do this because 
in those moments, we just don't know the difference between delaying something, which I often speak about delaying something as a specific prioritization tactic. And we don't know the difference between delaying something and procrastinating. Procrastinating is different. It's not a intentional prioritization tactic. It is self-sabotage. And in those moments, we just don't know the difference between those two things. So I'm going to help you to create some awareness around when this is happening for you and then what you can do about it. I do have to face up and also share, <laughs> share with you candidly that my preparation for this specific podcast episode went through a fair bit of procrastination. I don't know if it was just because I was thinking about procrastination, that my mind was playing tricks on me, but I only realized what was happening a little later on. And then I could actually do something about it. Then I decided to do something about it when I realized, when I created that awareness for myself about this is actually what's happening for me here. And I'll share exactly what I did with you a little later. But let's first talk about why we procrastinate. And like I said, it's not laziness or self-control or something that's ingrained into you to your personality, specific personality, you don't have to identify yourself as a procrastinator. In fact, I would really caution you about calling yourself that. I would say that nobody is a procrastinator. It's just a thing that happens. And perhaps it is a habit, but it's just a habit. It's not who you are. And there are four main reasons why we procrastinate. The first one is fear. We fear something, we fear failure, we fear criticism, we fear rejection, we fear what people will say or what they will think. The second reason that we procrastinate is indecision. Very often we have a task where there are lots of options or a project that we're working on where there are lots of options, lots of supplies that we could possibly choose from or lots of ideas that we could work with. And we sit in this loop of thinking where we say to ourselves that we don't know what to do or which option to choose or what to do next. So indecision keeps us in that procrastination. The other reason why we procrastinate is we want to avoid discomfort. So we procrastinate because we don't enjoy the task that we need to do. And we tell ourselves, oh, I don't like doing this task. I hate folding the laundry. That comes up for me a lot. <laughs> Um, we tell ourselves, um, uh, I really don't enjoy creating reports or creating spreadsheets, or I'm not good at public speaking, so I'm just going to put this presentation off. We want to avoid that discomfort. And another reason why we procrastinate, and it may not have occurred to you, is we give in to distractions. So we have this task in front of us and suddenly something better comes along, something more exciting, something new, something fresh, something more interesting. And we give in to that distraction, which effectively means we're procrastinating on the task that we had set to do. Now, underlying all of those four main reasons is one thing, just one thing. And that is this a negative feeling. That's it. We just don't like to feel negative feelings. We don't like to feel not good. So in the case of fear, we don't want to feel fear. And we're also, we're also 
um, we don't want to feel the shame that we could fear, feel if we fail. We don't want to feel that negative feeling. Or if someone gives us negative feedback about something or rejects us, we don't want to feel that shame or rejection. In the case of indecision, right? When we're not, when we're sitting in that space of saying to ourselves that we don't know what to do next, or we're confused about the options to choose. We don't like to make a decision for the same reason. We fear the failure and the potential resulting shame or disappointment that will come with making a decision. When we make a decision, we actually take, you know, that decision is our decision. We take responsibility and ownership for that decision. And we don't want to feel the possible disappointment we think we will have if we work on the task or the project and it fails. We don't want to feel that feeling. So we're trying to avoid that negative feeling of disappointment or shame. In the case of avoiding discomfort, well, that's all it is. It's avoiding a negative feeling. We don't like to feel awkward or like we're not doing something right. When we're working on something that's hard, it does feel awkward. You're, when you're learning something new or doing something difficult, it is not easy. It is hard. And we don't like to feel that discomfort of doing hard things. And in the case of giving into distractions, well, we do this because the distractions help us feel good so that we don't feel bad. <laughs> and we don't want to feel the negative feelings that will come up when we're working on the task in front of us, that task that we are procrastinating on, avoiding. So it's so imperative to understand this, that we procrastinate because we just want to avoid a negative feeling like boredom or anxiety or self-doubt or fear or disappointment or shame. That's all that is where we want to avoid that negative feeling. So every time you are faced with something on your to-do list or something you've scheduled on your calendar to do, and you think about delaying it to another time or not doing it or you know, you say to yourself, I'm not in the mood. You can ask yourself, what negative feeling am I avoiding here? Am I avoiding feeling the discomfort of doing the task? Or am I avoiding feeling the discomforts that I think I'll have if I do the task and I fail? And I want to share something really, really important with you, because I think this is something that, you know, we should all learn at school. Every negative feeling is just a feeling in the body. It's a sensation in the body. Our brain makes it out to seem so critical, like it's a life and death situation. But if you just sit with this insight for a moment, you will realize that every feeling, and I call it a feeling, but it is also an emotion. Some people speak about, about emotions. Every feeling or emotion you have ever experienced, even anxiety, fear, disappointment, shame, those are all just sensations in the body, physical sensations. You can experience them as physical sensations in the body. And it's not that bad if you think about it. You can handle those. I'm sure in your life you've experienced some really intense physical pain, like a broken bone or childbirth or something similar. An emotion is similar. There are physical feelings in the body. And you can handle those because they're not as painful as a broken bone. But what makes emotions so critical, so 
intense, so overwhelming, what makes them seem like they are life and death situations is what our brain makes them mean. Our brain makes them mean that there's something wrong or that we're going to die. Literally, it's saying that even though you're not hearing it or you may not be thinking that in the moment, that's what's going on in our body when we experience a negative emotion. And you have the opportunity with your prefrontal cortex, with your very rational human brain, you have the opportunity to intervene here and just remind yourself that this is not the case. You will be fine. (laughs) You are going to be okay. Unless you are in a really hectic situation where you're in a car accident or you know, being chased by a lion, you are probably not in a life or death situation. And especially when we're dealing with this, when we're dealing with procrastination and negative feelings at work, it really is just a report or a presentation or a crucial conversation. It is not a life or death situation. And even if you're thinking about the worst case situations, like being fired, losing your job, or getting the worst kind of feedback that you can even think about, even in those situations, we've got to actually just be real with ourselves and say, so what? You will survive. You will survive that. You can pull through that. And honestly, logically, procrastinating is probably going to be more detrimental for your job and the value that you're offering at work than actually handing in the report or the pres- doing the presentation or having that crucial conversation. You can always find your way through when you're actually delivering on something. You can always apologize if you need to say that it was a mistake. But even if you did lose your job, even if that was the worst thing that could happen, you can handle it. You can handle any negative feeling that comes up from working on or delivering the piece of work that you want to work on or even receiving feedback from that piece of work. So I just want you to like take that in. That's all it is. We're just avoiding a negative feeling. So every time you look at that goal that you want to achieve or that project that you want to work on or that task that is in your to-do list or on your calendar I just want you to remind yourself you're not procrastinating because you're lazy or because there's anything wrong with you. It's just because in that moment you're avoiding a negative feeling. And it's really important to maybe just ask yourself, what negative feeling am I trying to avoid here? And to remind yourself that you can handle that feeling. You can feel that feeling and you can still be fine. So what else can you do to help yourself avoid procrastination? When you've got that awareness that you are procrastinating, which is exactly what happened with me um, today when I I realized I had put this preparation for this podcast off and actually recording this podcast, I'd put it off because I wasn't feeling so well. And then I realized, oh, well, actually, that's just a bit of self-sabotage to raise and a bit of procrastination. So what can you do to help yourself avoid the procrastination you know, avoid it from the start, but also when you become aware of it, what can you do then? So there's a few things that you can do, and I'm going to give you all of them, and then you can decide what's going to work best for you in your specific situation. So the first thing that you can do is look for something enjoyable or meaningful in the task that you have planned to do. 
tell your brain why you are doing it. And this is especially important if this, if you're trying to avoid the discomfort of doing something difficult, doing something hard, you've got to coerce or even sell your brain, sell to your brain why you want to do it. Why? What is the positive feeling that you will get after working on it? Because that's going to override the potential discomfort that you'll feel while you are working on this task. The second thing that you can use is to use deadlines. So deadlines are incredibly effective. However, long, long frame deadlines are not effective at all because it's too far away. Our brain just cannot think that far ahead and it's just too difficult. So what we want to do is we want to set shorter and also evenly paced deadlines, not long or the end result deadlines. Those are great for understanding your projects, having that end final deadline. But that's also why people say break your goal up into short, achievable chunks. And those shorter, evenly spaced deadlines should span no more than a week. And some of the best deadlines to have are an hour or two hour or three hour. And that is why time blocking is so effective because time blocking is essentially small deadlines that you create and you put into your calendar to get specific things done. That's what it is. The time is blocked to record the podcast. That is your deadline. And it's much easier to follow than a long, long-term deadline that says creates a hundred podcasts, etc., podcast episodes. So Another offset of this using deadlines is to use the five-minute rule to work on something for just five minutes. I learned this when I was at school. My mom taught me the five-minute rule. Whenever there was something that I didn't enjoy doing or I was putting it off because I didn't know where to start, she would just say to me, just do it for five minutes. And I often use that now. I'm just going to do it for five minutes. If it's something that I just, my brain is really challenging me it's in my calendar and my brain's going, no, you don't want to do it. It's going to be hard. You don't know how to start. All those things. I just tell myself, do it for five minutes. And the amazing thing is, is when you get into that five minutes, into those, uh, get into working for those five minutes, you start to get into a bit of a flow and then things start to open up for you and it becomes easy. And Using deadlines will allow your brain to handle the negative emotions that may came up, come up from working on these tasks in smaller chunks. It's essentially what a, a deadline does. It allows you, it says, you're only going to experience discomfort or you're only going to deliver on you know, an hour of, of this work or this small result. It's not going to mean the end of the whole project. It's not going to be delivering a fully fully-fledged project that may specifically fail. It's just getting you to this point where you can then assess the feedback and assess where you're at. And you can handle that, right? You can handle that negative emotion for just that chunk of time or for just that chunk of your project. The other thing to do with deadlines is to spread them out so that they don't all coincide together. I know a lot of you are working on multiple projects at once or multiple stretch goals or KPIs. Make sure that your deadlines are not all at once because that's very overwhelming to the brain. What you want to be able to do is just allow yourself to work on something 
at a specific pace, deliver on something and then work on the next thing if you can. But if not, then make sure that those deadlines are not uh, completely happening at the same time or occurring at the same time. Make sure that they're, uh, especially the final end deadline, make sure that they're at different times uh, of the month and that they're not all being delivered at the same time. And this is quite helpful for if you're managing a team. Just be cognizant that there's a specific workload that your team may have and telling them to deliver on all three projects on a specific date is possibly going to create some overwhelm in their brain. The other thing that is incredibly helpful with deadlines is that you can use this with your team and you can ask them to present their progress on specific projects at specific times. So even if you know, you're not using this just for yourself, you're using this to try and help your team to overcome procrastination, ask them to present their progress at specific times either weekly or every second week. This is going to implement a kind of deadline in their brain, and it's going to allow them or force them into a situation where they're not procrastinating, where they have to deliver on something to you or show you the progress at a specific time. The next thing to do is just to notice when your brain is telling you when you don't feel like something or that you'll do it at another time, that you'll put it, push it out to another day. Notice what is happening here. And this is what's happened to me when I'd planned to work on recording this, pro this, this podcast. It was only on the following day that I realized what was happening. But just notice when your brain say, says that. Is it you consciously making a decision to prioritize something differently and to delay it logically, intentionally? Or is it you self-sabotaging? Just check in with yourself in those moments. And the other thing to also remember is that procrastination is not something that you will be 100% perfect at one day. That is not the goal. Perfection is not the goal with procrastination. The goal is progress and to become aware of the goals that you're not hitting right now and to find out why. Why are you not working on a specific goal or taking a specific action or having a specific conversation? What is that negative feeling that you're avoiding? Why are you therefore procrastinating? Every new stretch goal or KPI or OKR that you work on is going to be a new opportunity for you to procrastinate. So like I said, you're, this is not perfection. You're not just going to suddenly not procrastinate, but you will get better at identifying it and identifying why it's happening and then making a, a fast change so that you can do something about it. Every time you try something new or create a new goal for yourself, this is going to come up. So be sure to keep checking in with yourself to create awareness of those tasks or projects that you're avoiding or that, you keep, or that keep getting shifted out. And if you need support and one-to-one -one coaching for you or your team to reduce your procrastination, to overcome this avoidance of negative feelings and achieve results faster, on your most important stretch goals, I can help you. Just book a free consult call with me on my website, therezreichenberg.com. Do I need to spell that? Well, if you need a spelling, you can go and check the podcast, but it's therezreichenberg.com forward slash consult 
for the free consult call. And you can also email me at hello at therezreichenberg.com. And I'll chat to you again next week. Bye for now.